0: Cancer can take a toll on everyone. It's a community disease. And, Percy, I've learned that being a caregiver can be just as hard or sometimes harder than being a cancer patient.
1: Well, Wayne, the demands placed upon a caregiver can result in weariness, depression, guilt, and helplessness. Hmm. Quite frankly, caregivers need care as well. Help and support. Today, I think we should talk about yeah, that.
0: Yeah, we're going to look inside the heart and mind of a caregiver and understand how we can support the caregiver as well as the patient. So stay tuned for a special interview with Shauna Amick of Johnny and Friends. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope and Inspiration with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd and Percy, we've been recording our program remotely. It's so nice to be face to face with you again.
1: It is, it is, and indeed we want to continue to uh, maintain the standard of excellence, but boy, it is, it's been challenging to yep. say the
0: least. We're following all the rules and it's just so good to be able to uh, at least uh, see each other in the same room again. I so. agree, all good right, to see you buddy. Right. Well, let's talk about caregiving today. Um, this, is, this is something very near and dear to your heart, isn't it?
1: It is because when we talk about cancer care, Uh, We can't talk about cancer care without those who provide support of care to those who are going through cancer. And oftentimes, the caregiver, uh, I don't think consciously or purposefully, is forgotten or put on the back burner, but... Uh, Based upon my experience, there are very few cancer survivors who have gone through a bout and journey of cancer who did not have good support from someone who stood by their side. And we need to understand how to best and better support those who are giving care and support to the actual patient.
0: Right. Well, there's a question we'd like to ask our audience that goes hand-in-hand with our topic today, and then we'll get to our interview here in just a moment. But the question we'd like your response to is this what should people or maybe your church have done differently or better help you during your cancer journey? We'd really like to hear your response to that question. What could have people done better or differently to help you in your cancer journey?
1: I think it's a fair question to be asked and answered. Again, there is no playbook necessarily on what to do, when to do, and how to do certain things from a cancer care supporter perspective. And so uh, we'd like to get some feedback from those of you who would share very honestly and openly with us uh, what are some of the things that people, or even your church for that matter, could have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey. We'd love to get your feedback. Indeed. You can respond at healthhopeandinspiration.com,
0: our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Just click on the connect button there on the website and you'll find the opportunity to answer the question. Well, do you have some scripture that's kind of rolling around in your mind on this topic?
1: I do, and it's a familiar scripture that we've uh, often talked about and I've used in so many uh, occasions. And this will take us really to the crux of the matter and help frame today's discussion and uh, interview. It's found in uh, the book of Matthew. Chapter twenty-five, verses thirty-five through forty. Matthew twenty-five, verses thirty-five through forty, and says, "For I was hungry and you gave me meat; I was thirsty and you gave me drink; I was a stranger and you took me in; naked and ye clothed me; I was sick and you visited me; I was in prison and you came unto me." Verse thirty-seven. Then shall the righteous answer saying, Lord, when saw thee uh, hungry and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? Uh, when you saw uh, a stranger and took him in, or naked and clothed him? Or when saw the sick or in prison, and you came unto him? And the king shall answer and say unto you, Verily I say, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done this as unto me. It is so challenging when we hear those words from the Bible. It is because it reminds us at the end of the day, we really are our brother's keeper. And, and then there are many cases and scenarios that we need to be mindful of that and to attend to the needs of those around us and near to us.
0: And those words are so apt for the conversation here today about caregiving. Well, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712, the word HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state of the art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at health, hope, and And that's also the website you should share with other people whom you think would like to hear this podcast or look for us on Apple Podcasts as well. Health, hope, and inspiration.com. Well, recently during a broadcasting convention in Nashville, Percy sat down to talk with today's guests. So let's listen in.
1: Well, I'm excited today because I have with me on our show Shauna Amick, who is the director of radio ministries for Johnny and Friends, the ministry of Johnny Erickson Tata. Shauna is also a mother and a caregiver. She's going to talk to us today about the art and in some cases, the frustration of caregiving. Welcome to Health Hope and Inspiration.
2: Well, thank you, sir. I love that, that you call it the art, the art of uh, caregiving and certainly frustration is in there as well, but uh, I have not heard that phrase, and I'm going to borrow that from you, if you don't mind, in the future. Uh, Yes, I have three children. My youngest, Sarah, is 13 now. Uh, She has multiple disabilities, and so I've had the joy and honor of being her primary caregiver for 13 years now, and uh, certainly it is an art, and it's an opportunity to uh, really uh, watch Scripture come alive and to carry one another's burdens and to be part of the body of Christ in a way that, even though I have those two other children, uh, their caregiving needs are quite different. Yeah. And certainly the uh, length of time uh, was shorter and how they needed me 24 uh, seven, where Sarah still does in many respects.
1: And so with that being said, uh, and, we, and I use the term art as well because, uh, we live in the day and age now where you can learn how to become an expert in almost any subject matter. Uh, you can Google how to fix a radiator on a car and change the brakes. Uh, and and I think that we now have come to the place where uh, a fair discussion needs to be had around caregiving and, and the artfulness of being able to do that. There are probably someone, and of course we're typically speaking to a cancer community, uh, but caregiving is caregiving no matter what the, the the scenario or situation is. Not only are you a caregiver for your own daughter, you also work uh, for an organization called Johnny and Friends. And, of course, Johnny uh, is someone that people may be familiar with, and she also is currently a cancer patient that in some ways you also and others support her mentally, emotionally, and spiritually With her battle of cancer. Uh, tell us a little bit about that relationship and again, in some cases, some of the things that you do to help support Johnny in that regard. And who is Johnny? Let's let people know who Johnny is.
2: Oh, that's a great question. So not only is she my hero, right? (laughs) But uh to give you a little bio on Johnny. Johnny Erickson Tata was uh in a, a diving accident when she was 17. Now, this is 51 and a half years ago. Johnny's getting ready to celebrate her 70th birthday so again at 17 she dove into the lake and found out the hard way it was too shallow for diving and has been a quadriplegic for now like i said over over fifty years uh, she's had cancer twice now this is her second round of battling cancer she actually uh, just recently finished uh, her radiation treatments and um... is dealing with significant pain and uh... sleeplessness as a result as she continues to recover so Uh, We've had the art and joy and honor of serving Johnny through prayer and the ministry of presence um, while she's winning, I'm saying winning, this battle with cancer. Um, And as a quadriplegic, we have the opportunity to to serve her in the body of Christ as well because when your hands don't work, uh, somebody's got to be your hands. And uh, you know, I think of so often um, when Jesus says, "What you, if you give me a cup of water, you you visited me, you gave me that cup of water. Whoever you, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me." Correct. And when I'm serving my daughter, or I get the honor of serving Johnny, um, or even I haven't shared this yet, my own mother, who now uh, has early onset dementia and okay. is living in an assisted uh, living facility, when I get to feed any one of them. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. I'm feeding Jesus and what an honor that is.
1: And you're right, Matthew 25 reminds us that, you know, when you have clothed the naked and visited those that are in prison and uh, fed the hungry, uh, visited those and tended to those that are sick. You have done this as unto the least of them. You have done this as unto me. And so you're exactly right. So you you really do have quite a bit then to share with regard to, again, the art, the science, if you will, of caregiving. Let's talk about it a little bit in the context of all of those uh, wonderful opportunities that you've had to actually become uh, a full-time caregiver in many cases, in a lot of scenarios. What, uh, let's talk about this side of caregiving. What are some of the struggles that you've experienced that maybe you were not allowed or afforded the opportunity to share with others that you had to work through in those quiet moments alone around caregiving? Let's talk about some of the, the challenges of caregiving a little bit.
2: Sure. That, that's a great thing to focus on because we got we to focus on the challenges in order to overcome them, don't Correct. we? Uh, so I think of two things immediately. One um, that I struggle with now is just the, the physical exhaustion mm. of it. Because so often um, our spirits are willing, but our bodies are weak. Yes. And so if I'm not in the mood to get up in the middle of the night because I'm just exhausted, but my daughter needs me, yeah. uh, it's, it's a crucifixion of self, isn't it? It is. And uh, tired as I might be, Lord, Sarah needs me. Uh, this is the call on my life, and so give me the strength to do what I need to do. Uh, the other thing you you make me, um, help me remember, especially in those beginning years of her life when that 24-7 relentless caregiving was new, um, I couldn't wait for my husband to get home at mm. the end of the day so that I could even, okay, now I'm going to be very transparent. Please, Absolutely hide in the bathroom for a few minutes. Just be in the one room where I could close the door, even lock the door and just pray and breathe and know that Sarah was safe. My husband was home now and he was watching her, but it would be waiting all day long to get those few moments of solitude with the Lord.
1: And, and what's interesting about that, I've been working with literally the cancer community for well over 20 years. Uh, one of the things that I've learned and, and one of the things that we talk about on this show pretty regularly is sometimes people forget about the fact that caregivers, number one, are human. Number two, caregivers did not sign up to become a caregiver. Number three, there was no class that prepared you to be a caregiver. And at the end of the day, caregivers get tired. They get worn down. And they need a break. They, they need a timeout. And in some cases, caregivers are not necessarily afforded that because people are so focused on the patient, they forget about the caregiver. I think beyond being just transparent and honest, it's helping people to understand you need a TO every once in a while. You can't just burn and turn 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I appreciate uh, that moment of transparency. Along with that, obviously, you mentioned your husband, who obviously supports and helps in this process, I'm sure. Now that you've been doing this a while, it's been you know several years now that you've been a, tra- uh, a caregiver, what are some of the things that you've learned? What are some life lessons, spiritual lessons that you've learned from being a caregiver that you may not have learned otherwise?
2: Uh, Well, I I would like to think I'm more patient now than I was 13 years ago, Mm -hmm. and I hope that doesn't sound trivial, but uh, things that, again, as Sarah was a baby, even a toddler, where I would really be battling uh, my flesh over not wanting to do something, and like you just said, I love that. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't volunteer, right, to do this all the time. Nor
1: did you take a class to get prepared for it. Well,
2: Exactly. So uh, that was hard. Whereas now, uh, I feel like that's very rare. I've got to be completely exhausted to have those thoughts. Um, And that's only because I've been doing this for so long. Yeah. And because the Lord has brought what what I've come to call the miracle of a change perspective. Mm. So instead of it being a burden, it's a privilege.
1: I, I like the, the phraseology of that, the, the, the fluidity of a miracle of a changed perspective. Of course, as believers, um, you know we are conditioned and we are taught uh, to understand and believe for miracles. But in the context of being a caregiver, because I got to be honest with you, I have seen, Sean, caregivers who have walked away from their families uh, because they simply could not or did not experience for, for whatever reason. And we're not here to judge anyone the miracle of that type of transformation in their mind and their heart and their emotions and then caved in under the pressure how did and and you know share a couple of steps because again i would imagine this was progressive you didn't overnight have that miracle of transformation i'm sure that came through a progression of things that took place what 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 are a couple of the steps that you experienced of that miracle of a changed perspective
2: uh... it was a constant um, running to the Word of yeah, God.
3: yeah.
2: Uh, and I remember even pregnant with Sarah, because we knew her diagnosis before she was born, uh, leaning on uh, Scripture in Matthew 7 about if we ask the Lord for bread, he will not give us a stone. Right. And uh, I was praying for bread, and that was going to, in my heart, look like a child without a disability. Yeah. And uh, then guess what? Uh, I got my bread, but it was... I, I learned I had been praying for a stone mm, all along. Mm. And so that again is that that change in perspective. So I, I got that revelation soon after, in fact, three months after Sarah was born. Okay. But then it was that daily, just a, again, daily sanctification of every time that flesh rose up, yeah. just remembering uh, this is God's call yeah. on my life. Right. Uh, whether I signed up for it or not, that's not the point. This is what the Lord has brought to me. And so it, it was a, a leaning in through prayer, constantly in the Word, you know, every, every day waking up saying, okay, God, give me your Word, give me what I need to get through this day, and He is faithful.
1: So let me throw you a curveball, and, and so I'm setting you up purposefully. And again, you've already answered the question, but I want to I back up for a second. Uh, actually, while here in this uh, environment, I recently just had a very robust discussion uh, with an individual around thematically what we're talking about right here. So as a believer, as one that is steeped in the Word, you're praying and believing God for a healthy, uh, wonderful child that is without any issues or struggles And yet, that's not what you got, that's not what you received. And I know there are many cancer patients that I've prayed for over the years who are praying and believing God for complete healing of their cancer. And in some cases, those individuals didn't receive that. And there may be some individuals that's listening under the sound of my voice who may not receive what they consider to be their original prayer from God with regard to uh, healing and deliverance Let's talk about how do we recalibrate ourselves and our flesh. You used that word already, that when we don't get what we desire to have, and then we are struggling with, okay, Lord, now what is the will and purpose for this now that I'm I'm on the other side of this dynamic in a way that I'm not receiving what I anticipated or thought or believe or trusted you for? How do you shift gears to get back to a place? You talked about getting in the Word of saying, Lord, at the end of the day, um, I'm going to trust and believe you, and we're going to figure this thing out, and we're going to move through this. There's a lot of people that may be sitting in your shoes right now that may be struggling with that on a lot of different fronts. Let's talk about how you manage that.
2: Oh, boy. Well, you know, I want to, um, I want to be uh, slow in answering because the last thing I would want is for a listener to think I'm approaching this uh, in a trite, trivial Manner Cavalier that, way up. exactly that that is the last thing that I would want to communicate. Uh, in our situation, uh, it it took time, and there were days when I felt like I was on the top of the mountain mm. and I can do this, and all is well with my soul. And um, without warning, the next day I'd be back down in the pit and really struggling uh, in a way that I that was unexpected. Yeah. And so, you know what I needed from my community, my friends and family? I I really needed their patience. Uh, I did not need their judgment. I was going to say, nor
1: did you need their judgment. (laughs) Huge.
2: Uh, I needed uh, people to listen, to to practice that ministry of presence with with me, no matter what ugly thing might have come out of my mouth at the moment. Okay. And whereas uh, I welcomed, I still welcome, a uh, biblical truth. You know, if I'm if I'm making a comment or if I'm having a thought that doesn't completely line up with Scripture, I certainly want to be corrected okay. uh, at the right time. Right, 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 right. So I, I want to be given that privilege, that uh, honor, if you will, of having time to suffer, of having time to struggle with my own emotions, to process through them, even those stages of grief. Um, and I had always appreciated and still appreciate those friends who are willing to just let me be real mm. and, uh, and, and stick around. Amen. No matter what thing comes out of my mouth, to know at the end of it, we're still friends. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if I could synthesize that, and again, uh, if I put words in your mouth that don't belong there, you take them right back out of mine, okay? Is that uh, one of the things within the framework of understanding about being a caregiver is understanding the network of individuals around a caregiver should be conscious to allow people to be real and be human and not be judged at the end of the day. And, you know, be it not for someone else walking in those moccasins, you have no idea what that person is going through. Let people be real. Let people be human and give them some space to articulate or express. And again, to your point, if someone is getting, you know, way uh, out in left field somewhere, you know, to appropriately at the right time apply the correction of the Word of God. But understand at the end of the day that they're going through some pretty tremendous and in some cases traumatic aspects of emotion. Allow people to be human.
2: That's right. And that's what I would really encourage uh, friends, family, and the church to do mm. is to um, welcome folks in, to, to let it get messy when it needs to get messy, right, so right. that people can be real. If we're always wearing our masks, mm. uh, we're not healing, right? We're just carrying the same heartache and burden with us wherever we go. Yes. But it's when we allow each other to, to purge those things in our heart, to lay our burdens down, right. if I wanted to start singing, which I don't, <laughs> um, that's when we can really release them yeah. leave them there and you know I've got this one precious friend um, who we talk once a week and sometimes it's her turn whatever she's going through okay. and sometimes it's mine okay. and when it's mine it's almost always the same topic got it. Got it. and it's been about ten years and you know she's never said oh Shauna we're, we're gonna go there again she just lets me talk and we pray together and it, it is life-giving mm.
1: Last question with the few minutes that we have, what is one thing, not the one thing, but one thing that now perpetually gives you hope? Obviously your faith, obviously your family, I'm sure your, your husband, all of those things. What is one thing that you would share with this audience today that gives you hope and perpetual hope to continue to move forward?
2: Uh, okay, I hope this doesn't sound uh, trivial because I mean it with the, the depths of my heart. No matter what circumstance we're going through, the best is yet to come. Mm. And that is what I remind myself every day, that if it's a healing, that's God's will, then the best is yet to come. If it's heaven, that's God's will. Oh, that's the best that's yet to come, Absolutely. isn't it? Yes, it is. And to to not lose hope, like we're told in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, pray and never give up. Yeah.
1: Today, you have listened to the amazing Shauna Amack, who is the director of radio uh, with Johnny and Friends, who is a mother of uh, a Down syndrome child for many, many years. She also uh, provides uh, the Ministry of Presence uh, uh, as well to uh, cancer patient Johnny Tata. And so with that today, we are reminded that don't forget about the caregivers who are caring for individuals. They too need our love and support. We thank you for your ministry of presence and your ministry of presence here today as you have, I believe, really inspired and helped many people. God bless you.
2: Thank you, sir. Such a privilege.
0: Recorded on location, Percy McCray. Uh, I want to talk about what we learned from Shauna in just a moment, Percy, but let me turn to our listeners and ask this question. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Center for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa Skill is a voice-activated question-and-answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions it may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The Skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. Now, to access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say, Alexa, enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. You can also access this tool in any smartphone by downloading the Alexa
1: App. What a great idea. It is a great idea. We're very excited about this. Again, the age of technology and the ability to access information quickly because of the technology. Yeah. And what better information we need to access quickly than to know more about cancer and answering those questions.
0: I just wish we could say, hey, Percy, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> that may be
1: coming down the pipeline. Yeah,
0: we'll work on that. <laughs> Absolutely. One. In the meantime, use Alexa for this uh, this special new tool. Well, what did you learn from talking with Shauna?
1: It was a great interview because it was so honest and transparent. And I think that the theme for. Uh, discussion about caregiving is allowing, number one, the caregiver to be transparent and to be honest. There were two focuses of thought and conversation. One was around challenges of caregiving. And and what we learned from her was the fact that she talked about uh, dealing with the physical exhaustion of being a caregiver, Mm -hmm. the toll that it takes physically upon an individual. We have to remember, caregivers are human beings who are being stretched and pushed and pulled in ways that are not normal for them. And there is a fatigue factor that kicks in that has to be addressed and be mindful of. Yeah. And so that was one important component. Okay. And then the other was finding moments of personal solitude. Because again, caregivers need to be able to break away, to have some private time, some downtime. So I thought those were two uh, very important things that she discussed from a challenge perspective. And then she shifted gears, or we shifted gears. In the conversation to talk about life lessons. And I love the expression and the articulation of the thought of having a miracle of a changed. Perspective. Mm. She talked about how, in the midst of being a caregiver for a special needs child, and I would assume as any uh, parent, uh, when they're giving birth, they're looking forward to a beautiful, healthy, wonderful course, yeah. child. And what she uh, ended up having was a child that had Down syndrome and special needs. And as a result of that, she said that she needed, and she did receive the miracle of a changed. <laughs> perspective. It's a gift, isn't it? It is a gift and it is a miracle uh, because we all have uh, expectations and we all have schools of thought of what we want to have and what we desire. And when we don't receive that, our perspective has to change. And in some cases, we need help Do that in this particular case, she talked about how the Lord helped to change or facilitated the miracle of changing her perspective in terms of her child who had Down syndrome that allowed her uh, to basically really lean into being an effective caregiver. But understanding that that was now her ministry and that how she was able to embrace that and allow it to be a mission of joy versus being something that she regretted. So, again, uh, the miracle of a changed perspective.
0: Yeah, there's more I want to talk about what we learned from Shauna, but I haven't mentioned this yet, but we have a free resource for our listeners yes. called Caring for Caregivers that we want to put into your hands. So if this conversation kind of piqued your interest and you want to learn more, maybe you want to share this with others who are caregivers to encourage them, you can download this free resource, Caring for Caregivers, at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. One of the things that Shauna said was that she needed someone to go to mm-hmm. who would listen to her without judging her.
1: Correct. And again, it's important because what I think typically happens and what my experience has been over the 20 plus years is that uh, unconsciously people are looking to see and grade. What type of care is being provided for someone who's dealing with cancer? And, and sometimes people can be judgmental in their perspective of, well, I, is she giving him enough attention? Is she following up accordingly? And I think that caregivers at times do feel like they're being judged mm-hmm. or measured, if you will, on the type of care that they're providing. And so she talked very openly and frankly about not being judged and then being allowed to be honest open and transparent about how they're feeling because caregivers have tough days. They have down days. Uh, They may have days of doubt or even uh, a sadness, uh, but they can't be expected to be on the mountaintop every day of the week. So they need someone in their community, a friend, a loved one that they can have uh, um, respected, transparent moments of honesty and not be judged for the things that they may be feeling at that moment or mm-hmm. at that time.
0: And one of the gifts we can give to anyone who's a caregiver is we can give them the gift of solitude. She talked about locking herself in the bathroom when she knew her husband was on duty, so to speak.
1: Correct. So she said she couldn't wait until her husband came home so she could just have that moment of downtime because it becomes precious. So understanding and allowing and facilitating, if you will, and helping to facilitate for caregivers having moments of solitude. I will take it a step further. Uh, give uh, caregivers a break. Give them a regimen say, listen, I'll come over for a shift for you for mm-hmm. a couple of hours. Go get your hair yeah. done or go just go sit yeah. in the park or go for a walk. Go do whatever you want to do. Whatever it is you want to do, but but be confident that the quality of care that you were providing will not decrease mm-hmm. while you take this break because many really great caregivers are concerned yes. that the ca- the quality of care will diminish if they're not sitting there 24 hours a yes. day. Yes. and yes can't happen because they eventually become burned out
0: yeah so important we'll talk more about this in just a moment you know according to the American Cancer Society nearly one out of three people in the US will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime one out of three caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today and to address this issue we've developed the our journey of hope ministry leaders network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need So if you are a pastor, a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. And joining is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. You'll receive information about ministry training opportunities and our informative monthly email newsletter. So visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Well, Percy, after this conversation with Shauna today, it's obvious that our resource fits right in here, Caring for Caregivers.
1: It does, and this resource was designed, again, to be very practical, so it's not exhaustive in any way, as we often say about all of our resources. But it is a great uh, starter to get Uh, people moving and thinking about just some of the practical types of needs of caring for caregivers, you know, practical ministry for them uh, in terms of prayer with them, uh, regular visits, uh, practical ministry around the idea of helping with chores, uh, with meals, remembering special occasions, uh, offering, just again, as we talked about earlier, a shoulder to cry on for a place of solitude and release, uh, giving them a break. So again, this uh, resource has Uh, tips designed and built in to help you understand how to potentially practically support a caregiver who desperately needs this, whether they have articulated it or not. Do not wait for a caregiver to mm. tell you they need to be supported. Know that they need to be supported and then be equipped. This resource will help you to do just that. Go to our website,
0: healthhopeandinspiration.com, and download Caring for Caregivers. It's absolutely free. There is no obligation to receive that. Caring for Caregivers at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Also, let's return to our question today because we don't want this to be a one-way program, do we? No, we want, we want interaction here. And so we want to hear from you, and then maybe we can share some of these responses in the future. The question today: What should people, or maybe what should your church have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey?
1: Absolutely. Again, we relish your feedback and give us real experience uh, uh, experiences that you have had with regard to this dynamic. What? Uh, should people or church members have done differently from your perspective because this program is about empowerment and information to empower others to understand things that maybe they have yet to learn or experience that maybe even proactively you can equip others to do things that maybe were not done in a manner that you wish they could have on your behalf that then you can be a blessing for others so what should people or your church have done differently to better help you during your cancer journey we look
0: forward to the responses you can answer online at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the connect button and then the drop down give you a chance to answer the question. So healthhopeandinspiration.com, connect and answer the question. Amen. Thanks for doing that. And thanks for bringing that scripture that comes alive with this conversation today.
1: Well, it's really kind of our platform scripture that we've built our Journey of Hope uh, program off of that we've talked about so much. And again, we go back to it so that we can close strong Matthew 25, verses 35 through 40. And again, it says, For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry and feed thee, or thirsty and gave you drink? When saw we uh, you a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed you and when saw we you sick or in prison and came unto you and the king shall answer and say unto you verily i say inasmuch as as you have done this unto one of the least of these my brethren or my children or my my creation you have done this as unto me it is a sober reminder at the end of the day that we don't have to look very far we drive by more ministry we probably live next door to more ministry than we ever see inside the four walls of our local church on any given day opportunities to meet the needs of our brothers and our sisters is part of the mandate and the mission of being a believer
0: As always, Percy McRae, thank you so much for what you're doing and for helping us on this topic here today.
1: Bless you, my brother. Thank you. It's good to be back. And remember, keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do and keep hanging in there.
0: You've been listening to Health, Hope and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae. and inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America.
3: If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.